Welcome to a non-canon episode of the Butts in the Seats podcast. When you say it's non-canon, it sounds like we have our own lore that we're following. No, I mean, recipe to 37 counted, it's just a matter of... <laughs> this is a fan fiction episode of the Butts in the Seats podcast. <laughs> I would have wrote a different ending. No, this is just going to be a quicker little chat of us talking about WrestleMania 38. We are recording it the day after, actually before the Raw after WrestleMania, so I'll have to go in and add anything <laughs> if anything dramatic happens. Yeah, we do intend to watch it. Nick, what are we drinking today? We're drinking Steve Austin's Broken Skull American Lager. Hell yeah. Which I'm... they only plugged about a thousand <laughs> oh times God, over the two yeah. nights. You know why we couldn't find these for the longest time? Because he was stocking up so that he could pour them all over himself. <laughs> they are actually like like brand new, like in the past like month or so. And they're pretty tasty. Yeah, yeah, very drinkable. Very drinkable. I want to say we've tried the IPA, and as we're, oh, I don't think we tried the IPA. We don't like IPAs. I think I still got it, and I was like, eh, not good. Oh well, yeah, because you don't like IPAs. Yeah, I was just like, oh, it's a Steve Austin beer, and I went, why did I do this? I want to say it's like the Rock's tequila. Like we want to try it, but we're not gonna appreciate it. Yeah. We aren't tequila people. Yeah, I, and also, to me, that's just more like, no, that's the actor rocks tequila. That's it's not Dwayne wrestler. Johnson's tequila. Yeah. Well, anyway, let's get into this. It's WrestleMania 38. It's it's our third WrestleMania we've reviewed, but second one in real time. Is this only the second one that we've watched together live? That can't be right. We've well, no. Three for, and a half years. For the podcast, I'm saying. Oh, uh, okay. The other WrestleMania we reviewed is WrestleMania 15. Well, yeah. Which this... I think both of these were a substantially better show than that, but that's not saying much. You know, much. I don't remember exactly what happened on 15. That's so. kind of the issue. Okay. But WrestleMania 38, live from AT&T Stadium in Dallas, Texas. It's another two-night affair, which how do you feel about it? I am a fan. I was thinking back on what WrestleMania used to be. It used to be like seven and a half hours of wrestling. But that was with the pre-show. Okay, so it was six and a half hours of wrestling. As opposed to eight. Straight. But it's broken up over two nights, so it doesn't feel like you're watching eight hours of wrestling. It feels like you're watching two, three-hour, four-hour shows. Yeah, unless you have a wedding on uh, Saturday, and then you have to watch... <laughs> Part one and two on one night. Yeah, but even then, we had a break in between. It was fine. It doesn't feel as sloggy as it used to, I guess. But I like it. I like it breaking up like this. I just don't like it for the fact that we want to go to WrestleMania one day. And we're going to have to buy two tickets, and it's going to be way more expensive. Yeah. Well, you were saying it doesn't feel like a slog. No. The thing that everyone is talking about is how many damn video packages there were. And it's partially because of Peacock and how they are putting ads on the live events for the lower tiers. So It didn't bother me so, at all. Well, when there's matches cut, but do you want to hear something crazy that I heard? Quick, name one backstage segment. There were no backstage segments. There were no promos. There was nothing. Yeah. I did find, I did realize that. I noticed that. But the video packages overall didn't bother me at all. In night two, they were just actively replaying the endings. Uh, and that was during the commercial breaks. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. That doesn't bother me. I'd rather just watch the ad. Oh, I would not. That would totally like break it up. That would get you out of the mood. Well, if you If you just watch fucking... Omos and Bobby Lashley, and then you had to watch a three-minute ad. Do you, would you really be interested in coming back? Or I have to watch the finish of a match I already watched. Yeah, so it's it's null to you, but to me, it's like keeping you in the same mood. Moving into the very start of night one, we have Brantley Gilbert singing America the Beautiful, <sighs> some country star. Yeah, I never heard of him. Yep, and uh, I don't feel the need to look him up after his no, performance. No, it wasn't very good. 
Like, they weren't great at harmonizing. No. We then get the WrestleMania package with Mark Wahlberg. Which, okay, so last year, we had hosts. We had Titus O'Neil and Hulk Hogan hosting. Yes, and we had the pirate theme narrator. Oh, I forgot about the narrator. The crappy Jack Sparrow impersonator. I totally forgot about that. Honestly, it feels like they're ripping off the NFL. Because I was going to say, it NFL feels brought, like Monday Night Football. Well, I'm saying no, the Super Bowl, where they brought uh, in The Rock to do this exact routine. <laughs> to me, this is very Carrie Underwood singing like, it's Monday Night Football, yeah. A like little that bit. Kind of, yeah. That kind of a vibe. Yes, which somebody has pointed out that song cannot be memorable because the words change every week. Oh, true. Yeah, it was a fine package, not much a note. No. It set the it was tone. Cool. It wasn't overly dramatic. It was cool that it was Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Then get the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. I thought this was a very cool little tie-in for the area. We, we, we both were laughing at the audio production of it because you could hear the click clacking of the boots. And yeah. At the, at the end, they all jump into a split and you could just kind of hear the thunk. <laughs> <laughs> but like, this is what they wanted Nitro Girls to be, yes. these cheerleaders. We got our WCW tie-in, basically. That was the Nitro Girls for Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, I have to give minus points because Spice was not one of the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, it's a bummer. So we have two commentary teams, although I guess it's kind of a mix at various points. But it is Michael Cole and Pat McAfee for SmackDown. And then Jimmy Smith, Corey Graves, and Byron Saxton on Raw. And God, I love Pat McAfee. Yes. I think ever, What a gem of a man. He really is. We'll talk about him substantially more during his match and during another match, but... But he's apparently only the third person ever to commentate and wrestle at the same WrestleMania. Which, I'm like, Cole, don't highlight. Can we all just forget about your match? We don't Cole need to... refuses to ever forget about that. I feel like he brings it up at every opportunity. <laughs> Jerry Lawler doesn't want to talk about it. Yeah. But Michael Cole wants to talk about it for the rest of his life. Let's move into our first match of the night, which is for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. It's Rick Boogs and Shinsuke Nakamura versus The Usos. Every time I see Rick Boogs, I love him more. I am obsessed with his character, his look, his energy, everything he does. And another WCW tie-in, he's actually playing the guitar, unlike oh, okay. the uh, West Texas Rednecks. <laughs> Sorry, for some reason, my brain went Hulk Hogan playing air guitar with the, oh with the WCW title, and I'm like... Babe, he's not... <laughs> no, we had a whole conversation yes, about I'm... how annoying it was when they was playing I Hate Rap that... It doesn't, they're, they're not moving their hands like it's looking like they're playing the guitar or the banjo or whatever. Rick but, Boogs is actually playing this guitar. But as much as you love Rick Boogs and so Shinsuke much. Nakamura, Pat McAfee so loves them a lot more. He got so hyped. <laughs> he marked the, he does this like weekly, but Jesus, he marked the fuck out. He jumped on top of the commentary table and was like jumping up and down, screaming, dancing. I mean, that's pretty standard for him, but even this seemed a little excessive. I love that. That's the energy I love. This is why I love Pat McAfee. Oh, speaking of excessive, they randomly have a Mike's Harder Lemonade sponsorship. They're like, ah, Farmer fucking Mike or something. Yeah, actually, probably was Farmer Mike. Yeah, because it's Mike's Hard. Yeah. Some dude in a farmer outfit was just there, like, in the corner by the ring steps. Like, Arr! and then he was never seen again. Did you even know Mike's Harder was a thing? Maybe in the back of my brain. High school me is so excited about this. But 27-year-old Emily is like, I don't think we need this. Well, we talked about the video packages and recaps earlier. We get the first instance of something that's very common on the show, which is, okay, we're not giving you a full video package, but in the middle of one of your entrances, we're just going to do a little clip show. And I really do appreciate that it was in the middle of the Usos. Yeah. Because I'm tired of the Usos. I don't need to see them for longer than I have to. 
so we're not going to go through these matches like we do the other ones. It's going to be very much just kind of general thoughts and keynotes. I think the main takeaway from this one is Rick Boogs injuring his uh, quadricep patella. Yeah. And yeah, you see the knee buckle and it, like it looked it looked too real. I'm like, oh, it's because it is. Yeah, it looked like it wasn't quite enough of an injury. Like if this was a fake injury, you would have had one that used those kicking his knee. Yeah. And no, he, he immediately just buckled. Yeah. Yeah, he immediately just kind of sitting there and like willed himself over the corner and tagged out and think, nope, he's hurt. Uh, Usos win after the one D, which is literally a three D. Yeah. <laughs> and this was this was an all right match. I mean, it got it got completely derailed, so I can't fault them. It's just too interesting much. that this is like, interesting and kind of unfortunate that this is the injury that Rick Boogs got. Because in the video package prior to this, they were talking about the lead-up to the storyline, and it's partially has to do with Rick Boogs faking a leg injury. Yeah. So when this happened, immediately my thought was, oh, that was fake. He's just bringing that back. But then he got carted away. I'm like, oh, shit, I guess that wasn't fake. <laughs> but I liked it. I liked this match overall. Yeah, it was fine. It's not... It was a good energy to start the show. Yeah, people make a big deal out of the WrestleMania opener. And I don't think this is going to be super well remembered with no, other the, ones, the especially when you compare it to night two. The entrance might. Be. I literally think the entrance is why they open with this match. Yeah, I think so. Let's move on to our second match of Must night we? one. It's Drew McIntyre versus Happy Corbin. Once again, I will say, I really appreciated the video package in this. I think this is why I didn't think the video packages were a big deal because I loved this video package. I think the issue people had was not the pre-match ones. It was the one that it's just like, okay, it's before the pre-match one and after the you know the replays, and it's just like the killing time ones. Fair, but this one I liked because it showed the backstory of Corbin. Yeah, it showed what happened after he lost his kingdom, and before he became happy Corbin. Because I guess there was a whole portion of time where he was sad Corbin. Yeah, <laughs> and we were not watching the product. I, I told you a bit about that because it was. One, he was hilarious, but also... Yeah, I kind of wish I had watched. Because I remember at one point, he, like, asked Kevin Owens for money. And Kevin Owens is a face, and it just, like, gives him, like, two or three hundred bucks. And he goes, like, that's it. <laughs> it's like, even when he, uh, Dad was like, he's still a fucking Yeah, he's prick. still a prick. But I liked it because it shows how he became Happy Corbin. Yeah. He didn't come, become Happy Corbin through, like, finding meaning in life and, you know appreciating every moment that life has to give you. No, he won the lottery or he won like big at a, um, at a casino yeah. in Vegas. And so he went from this sad, unrecognizable schmuck to, I won a couple thousand dollars in Vegas. I'm a hot shot. I do think everyone agrees. The whole in that is WWE not paying you. Like you make a DDP had a similar thing in WCW back at like 95, maybe 96, where it's just like, Oh, you're down on your luck. It's like, you're, you're a paid wrestler who's featured on a national television show. Yeah, you can kind of suspend your disbelief. And, like, there have been enough stories in the news about wrestling, like, about these guys not getting paid as well as they should. That you can kind of, like, yeah, he probably is only getting paid, like, $40,000 a year or something. I don't know. Yeah, but when you were absolutely fine a few weeks ago. I don't know. Maybe he thought he, I don't know. I'm not going to justify it. A king gets paid more, doesn't he? So, this story of this actual match, though, is Corbin just keeps fucking with Drew McIntyre for some reason, takes his sword, insults his mother, (laughs) um, and commentary even is kind of like, 
you, you know, you got to think Drew's just going to kill him. Yeah. Like, this isn't going to be close. And it wasn't. Well, there actually is one important moment. Drew kicks out of Baron Corbin's finisher at the end of days, which is the first time that's ever happened yeah, on TV. Yeah, they mentioned that. Which, sometimes they lie when they say that. This is true. Oh, good. I mean, of all the people to kick out of it, like, Drew McIntyre is very believable. We also get some uh, teased dissension between Corbin and Madcap Moss, who came out with him. Mm. And I feel like they've been kind of doing that for a little while. Like he won the, oh yeah, we totally skipped WrestleMania SmackDown, because that's not WrestleMania. Oh, we did not watch that yet, no. Uh, Madcap Moss won the, the armbar. I meant to watch that Battle Royal. I'm not going to call it the armbar, because that acronym is stupid. But I, I did not watch that Battle Royal. I meant to. It is lacking in star power, is the common consensus. But... Yeah, Corbin yells at Moss at one point for being on the apron when he's trying to run. And it was like a, it was like kind of forced ascension. After kicking out at the end of days, Drew McIntyre hits his future shock DDT and then a Claymore kick and gets the pin. It's like, oh, this was a fine match. Nothing. The match itself was fine, if not over- underwhelming. It's the post-match that's cool. Yeah, the, it, this didn't super feel like a WrestleMania quality feud. No. Uh, the post-match thing that Emily's talking about is, after the match, Drew takes his sword out, not like that, <laughs> and Mad Cat Moss gets on the apron, and Drew just chops the top two ropes in half. Yeah. It's like, like sorry, literally what? breaks the ropes. Like, And this is where I feel like those video packages are necessary, because they need time for the ring crew to come in and re-rope the ring. <laughs> I thought it was a really cool image. I thought it showed a lot of power behind Drew McIntyre, even if that power was against Madcap Moss, which, like, I'm pretty sure I could overpower. That, that's, a large, that's a large man. I don't think so. I think he's pretty... He might look strong. I think he's pretty weak. <laughs> he's, all, he's all glider muscles. He's all buys and he's tries. All, he's all buys and tries, baby. No core. <laughs> now, Emily's words exactly. After he chopped the ring ropes, there's only one there. It's like, leave it, you cowards. <laughs> I did say that. I was like, "Don't be, don't be shy. Leave him." Yeah, there's only the, there's only the bottom rope at this point. It's not even like the other three sides. Like, it's completely fallen. No, leave Do it. Do the entire show with one rope. I dare you. Quick, can you name the one match that we've watched that basically had that problem? Yes, and I, I, it was. Uh, I remember what you're talking about, but I can't remember who was actually fighting in the ring. It's the last wasn't man like, standing match. After wasn't it Mick Foley. No, 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 it's long after that. Oh, was it John Cena? It's John Cena and oh, John Cena versus I want to say Undertaker, but that's not right. No, Kane, Alberto Del Rio, Alberto Del Canto. Yes, I don't know where I got John Cena, but I knew that was right. Oh, I was going to say, uh, speaking of Alberto Del Canto, speaking of cunts, we get the Miz and Logan Paul coming out. <laughs> that was a great transition. <laughs> versus Ray and Dominic Mysterio. Uh, yeah, as somebody who does not care about YouTube culture, I do not give a shit about the Paul brothers. Let me tell you, again, last year in our episode, when I when we were talking about Logan Paul coming out with The Miz, or no, he came out with Sami Zayn, I said on this podcast, I watched Logan Paul, and like I, it was so cathartic to like see him get his ass kicked. I haven't watched Logan Paul in over a year at this point. I don't give a shit what he's doing on the internet. Doesn't seem to be much. I think the it last time I watched buying him was... Pokemon cards. I don't know. Okay, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't seem to be like he's doing much, or at least he's staying out of the light. Like we're not. He's, he's not. The last time I watched him was probably trying to watch the episodes leading up to WrestleMania last year to see if he said anything about WrestleMania, which he didn't. 
I didn't even bother to look at his social media for this one. He may have. Couldn't tell you. So everyone in this match comes out in interesting attire. Ray comes out in Mexican flag gear. Dominic is in a USA flag With gear. With so much tassel. Yeah, there's a lot of tassel. I love the tassel. You know how much I love um, Kevin Nash's pants. I love the tassels. Both The Miz and Logan Paul are in a black and yellow kind of striped number. And much like the Pikachu, the multi-million dollar Pikachu card around Logan Paul's neck, we had to ask. <laughs> Who's that Pokemon? This one just felt so obvious. It was so, like, no, not the Pokemon, but just like having to do who's that Pokemon. Yeah. Because as Logan Paul was coming down the ring, you can attest to this. I like caught the glimmer of what I thought was a holographic card around his neck. I was like, hold on. Is he wearing Pokemon? They, they and they, they mentioned it. it. They didn't. But I thought I saw it. And I wasn't, I didn't want to like. Like it, I, if you actually know your trading card game cards, it looked like a support class card. But it, it, they're saying it was a Pikachu card. So I'm like. I didn't see Pikachu. But I'm it like, did, is there a special Pikachu support class card? I don't know. It did look like a Pokemon card. So I caught yeah. it out the corner of my eye. I was like, is that? And then commentary did say he's wearing this yeah. Pikachu, whatever. So who did you pick for him? Uh, actually, I piggybacked off the one you said verbally. Okay. I picked Electivire. Okay. Which is the evolved form of Electabuzz. There's a little more black going on there. The the yellow doesn't quite match as well, but so I went, it's a good mix. I went an entirely different direction to what I said verbally because these guys are the heels, so they need to be a dark type. I went Umbreon, man. How often do I get a chance to say that it's Umbreon? I love Umbreon. Not a, he, they, not, not enough yellow. I know it's not enough yellow, but how often do I get to say that it's Umbreon? Come on. I was so proud of myself when I had that opportunity. I almost went Vespaquin, but there's not enough red in their gear. Um, Oh, who's that big yellow giraffe boy that I had in my Giraffe rig. No. Is that, that, is that the big stand-up up boy? <laughs> <laughs> Keep this in of me just trying to describe Pokemon. It's an electric type. He kind of looks like a giraffe, but he's got like the... Is, oh. it, is that Stryka? No. Is it more of a zebra? No. Ampharos? Ampharos! <laughs> I was going. I was also thinking about him mentally. It was Ampharos. Am- Ampharos has a little more white, but I. it was also in the category of like, okay. He was in my party for one of the games, and I remember loving him. Probably um, Soul Silver. Maybe. But yeah, that was just the most obvious game of we have to do who's that Pokemon for these two. As much as I don't care for him, Logan Paul held his own during this match. Yeah, I really hated how much I enjoyed this match because of him. And he effectively worked heel, especially with after Rey Mysterio does the Eddie Guerrero Three Amigos, yeah. which Ray kind of doesn't know how to do the leg kick once he's on the ground. No, but he's also much smaller than Eddie Guerrero was. <laughs> so it doesn't like show as well. Logan Paul then does it, and the crowd just gets... They get hot, but not nearly as hot as they should have. And then he goes up top and does a little, like, shoulder shimmy. shimmy. I don't think it was obvious enough that he was doing the Eddie thing. Maybe not, but... Especially to people not zoomed in on him. True. Yeah, he needed to, like, have the arms out and fully yeah. doing it. And he gets a frog splash. And I was like, and oh, my... it looked really good. I thought he was going to win right there. I was like, oh, my God. He looked really good. I hate how much I really liked Logan Paul in this match. Uh, finish the match after Dominic and Ray hit a double six one nine on Logan Paul, which the Miz like weirdly runs over to Logan Paul and gets like then like, then, like lays back down on the ground right before that. It's I super think you weird. can sell that as like 
the Miz saw the two running at him and was like, whoa, I got to get out of here. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what that was. Um, so Ray goes for the pin and the Miz just slams Dominic onto his father. He then hits a skull crushing finale on Ray and the Miz gets the pin. It's like, oh, heels are going over, right? But it was such a good match. Yeah. And almost immediately after the match, there's the Miz and Logan Paul are celebrating and the Miz just suddenly gives him an angry look and hits the skull crushing finale on Logan Paul. You are not selling this well enough because this was a master class in heel turn. I thought this was amazing. So Logan Paul and the Miz get up and they are raising each other's arms and they're happy. And you can literally see every muscle in the Miz's face just slowly start to drop. And he just gets this scowl on his face and slowly turns to Logan it was the perfect amount of dramatic and subtle. Yes. It was a master class. It was amazing. I lost my mind. Yeah. The crowd does kind of pop for Logan Paul getting hit, though. As they should. <laughs> He's still an asshole. But this was a good match. This was a very good match. Yeah. The, there's. Th- I'm calling it three celebrity matches during this show. And it's like, they're all good in I their own ways. I made that note, too. They were all very enjoyable. Like, okay, I won't say that the Jackass match was a, a great match, but it was a lot of fun to watch. And I think that's all you can expect from a celebrity match. Like, it's not going to be a masterclass. It's not going to be a masterpiece. But as long as it is entertaining and fun, it succeeded. Agreed. I'm not sure what they were going for here, but up next is Stephanie McMahon introducing Gable Stevenson. Yeah, this was random and weird. Yeah, I don't... Not really a debut, but I guess they're going to count this as his debut. He might have been like SummerSlam or something, where they brought out him and somebody else. He's been on TV before, but I think it was like, you know, we might sign these guys. I forget if they were signed or not, but he got drafted to like Raw during the last draft, however, like before Survivor Series. And... I don't know. I don't know all of this, but... And they're also like, oh, he's, you know, like going to be a WWE superstar. I'm like, when? Get him in the ring then. Like, do something. Moving on, we get a we get our Raw women's title match. It is Becky oh. Lynch versus Bianca Belair. Oh my gosh. Remember how much I loved the Sasha Banks match last year? Yes. I loved this one just as much. Becky, I think I just love Bianca Belair. Yeah. Becky Lynch's entrance starts with a then now forever type thing, but it's just the big it's just big time Bex and yeah. it's all Becky Lynch. It was pretty cool. Bianca has a drumline entrance. Yeah, the um, Texas Southern University marching band comes out and they line the the um, the stage and start playing her song. I guess I guess it was her song. Yeah, it, her song is more like tied to the vocals, so the rhythm isn't quite as catchy. Yeah, but it still was a very cool yes. visual, and it was it was just I love a marching band bit. As much as I hated being in marching band, I like seeing marching bands have fun. I wasn't allowed to have fun in my marching band. So seeing these guys like jam out with their instruments to Bianca coming out, swinging her hair with a big bow. Like it was really cool. Thoughts on Becky's new look? I just look for the night. You mean Haley Williams from Paramore? I liked it. I thought it was cool. Yeah, I I wasn't as into it. It was like literally once the match was going and like her bangs kind of parted, I was like, okay, you look better now. Yeah. The bangs were not a good look. I liked it. This is one of those where I feel bad not going spot for spot because this is a very good match. There was an insane spot of Bianca hitting a 450 splash from the second rope. Yeah. It's like, what? 
she is so athletic and so strong. She's stronger than people give her credit for. And she's also tough as fuck because uh, shortly thereafter, Becky goes for, I'm not even sure what, it kind of looks like a molly go around, but her feet just catch Bianca right in the goddamn eye. And there's a photo going around. Bianca's eye is swollen shut the next day. Oh, yeah, she posted a couple um, selfies on her Instagram story. That's where those pictures came from. I did notice all the photos of her from night two. She was rocking some sunglasses. Yeah, because it's swollen. She has a huge black eye. Like, she does not look good. This was a lot more of a back and forth than the Sasha and and Bianca match from last year. So the Sasha-Bianca match last year, as much as I love that match, that was a showcase of Bianca. That was showing who this woman is. Take her seriously. This, you're right, is more of a, like, one to one. Bianca wins after a after a KOD with a little extra stank on it. She yeah, she really did put a little extra on that. Oh, so good. And yeah, for the second in a row, Bianca has won one of the women's titles at WrestleMania. This is a very good match. I honestly, unfortunately, it's not the highest bar, but I do think this match and the Sasha match last year, like yep, that's your top two women's matches in WrestleMania history. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, the bar is unfortunately low, but even even if these were two men, this is still an unbelievable oh, yeah. match. Like, this is just a good wrestling match. Oh, it doesn't yeah. even matter that they're women. Yeah. I, I was a little surprised that we didn't get another hair whip moment, considering the hair came up in the story. Because Bianca whipped Becky on Raw. Yeah. <laughs> so they're not going to do that three days shot. later. She probably still has the welts on her stomach, Becky. She was probably like, all right, you get one, and we're not doing this again. <laughs> Let's go from Becky to her husband. Yeah, I did notice that they were back-to-back. For his uh, special WrestleMania main event. It's not the main event of the night, for what it's worth. Uh, It's going to be Seth Rollins versus an opponent of Mr. McMahon's choosing. Seth's entire story was, okay, I'm trying to get out of WrestleMania, but I kind of can't seem to find a match. And then he just, Vince, Vince goes, why didn't you just fucking ask me? Okay, but for in Seth's defense, I don't think of Vincent Kennedy McMahon as a, you know, understanding man. If you just come to him and ask for you for, to have a WrestleMania moment, he's not going to be like, yeah, of course. I got you, buddy. Like, he's not, he's not that kind of guy. You have to earn it. I think Seth was right. <laughs> so there was a lot of speculation about, all right, if it's not going to be the obvious person, who's it going to be? So to you, who is the obvious person? It's who it was. It's Cody Rhodes. Spoilers! I thought it was going to be Shane. I really wanted it to be. I don't know if I thought it was, but I really wanted it to be you, Shane McMahon. You just wanted the crowd to riot for I some reason. I wanted it so bad because that would be such a good energy, too. I, I heard an idea, which I kind of loved, of when he's standing there waiting, Shane comes out. But then he, then he introduces Cody Rhodes. That would have been good. Just the bait and switch would have yeah. been absolutely That would have been chef's kiss. But yeah, so Cody Rhodes is back in WWE. The American Nightmare. And he With has that fucking neck tattoo. He has all of his bits and bobs from AEW. It's the same theme song. Is it? Yeah. I didn't watch him in AEW, so yeah, I don't know. Same nickname, same neck tattoo. Well, the neck tattoo, it, it's you got to gotta have that. His outfit was incredibly over the top. However, not as over the top as Seth's. Seth looked so good. He came down in like a fluffy blue Ric Flair almost robe. Oh, it was amazing. The match itself, I wasn't entirely impressed by. It picked up down the stretch. Yeah. It, 
ironically, both these men love Triple H, and this definitely felt like a Triple H match. Yeah, in it that. did. It was a little more slower and methodical early on. Uh, we get the fun line from Seth Rollins, welcome back to the big leagues, bitch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But, no, it definitely picked up down the stretch, and I was, I was kind of like, oh, okay, because this is a 20-minute match. Okay, it did not, I will say it didn't feel like 20 minutes. I'll give it that. It was entertaining. So Cody wins after he hits two crossroads, then a bionic elbow as a tribute to Dusty, and then a third, or actually technically a fourth crossroads in the match, and gets the pin. But this was a good match. It, it was. It wasn't a five-star classic, but... This say, felt like a WrestleMania match. I'll give it yes. that. Yes. And, and, I mean, credit to it because there's technically n- no real build to this match. No. It's just you're facing a mystery opponent. It's Cody Rhodes. Seth Rollins is a little fucker. And Which is, yeah. like That's it. <laughs> there's a couple matches in, the, in these two shows that are just like, okay, you're single-handedly carrying this feud yeah. until WrestleMania. Yeah. But a good match. I'd say... It, it's going to be interesting to see how they push and treat Cody yeah. going forward. I'm interested in that. I don't know if he'll be on Raw or SmackDown. But I'm, I'm guessing Raw, considering... I'm interested to see how he gets used and his reaction to how he gets used. Yeah. Moving on, we get the Hall of Fame. We get another WCW tie-in. because <laughs> it, The big bad booty daddy. The Steiner brothers going into the Hall of Fame. And literally the first thing Scott says is, you know, basically, it's dangerous giving me a live mic. <laughs> it's true. Give me this fucking mic. So it's the Steiner Brothers. It's a, it's a small class. It's it the is. Steiner Brothers, Vader, who I don't think we will see at all in, like, any sense of our podcast. No. Uh, also in this class is Charmel. Queen Charmel, please. Which I, I, just, I, I didn't get. So she's Booker T's wife, but she was also his manager. I guess. For like a year or two? Yeah. This was... I'm sure Queen Tramiel is amazing. I don't want to put her down in any way because she looked great too. I, it was just about her just like... It was only for the Queen Tramiel thing. Like the, I, like, yeah. Because I'm not fully aware of her whole legacy, but I'm like, okay, you were a Nitro girl and then you were Queen Tramiel. I'm like, they don't seem to be focused on anything else. Like, do they yeah. even mention that she was a Nitro girl? No, they do not. As much as I'm sure that she is a great, wonderful person, this did feel like we need a woman. Yeah, I think they're running out of women they want to put in who are on good terms. Yes. And are not still active. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. And then the Warrior Award goes to Shad Gaspard. Who I did not know who that was, but you gave me a little rundown of like who he was and how he passed. Yeah. I'd say if you only remember him from from Crime Time, do a little uh, search of people talking about him because I don't think even I was aware of just like what a superhero man the guy was. And the Hall of Fame, I almost forgot who the Hall of Fame is. The headliner of the Hall of Fame. It's The Undertaker. This was cool. Who comes out, uh, I saw a joke where it's like, yeah, if we just cut out all The Undertaker matches from this weekend, it could have been one night. Comes out, just walks around the stage, kind of, you know, just like, hey, hey guys. Does the smoky thing to his theme. It was nice that he could actually just come out in, I guess, a suit and didn't come out in Undertaker garb. It's like, let the man rest. Even though with his never say never bullshit. The thing that annoyed me, I am so happy to see The Undertaker. And I'm so happy that he's in the Hall of Fame and that he is part of WWE lore, culture, everything. Why did we do it twice? 
I was going to wait till we did it twice. To get no, there. we did it twice. We did it on night one and night two. Night two felt and night gratuitous. Two, it was even more awkward because they didn't have the other people come out. No, it was just, it was just him. They put the other people on the Jumbotron in the middle of the arena. And then the Undertaker did his entrance. This, that one felt really stupid. One of the other jokes I saw was they're going to open Raw tonight. Be like, let's hear it one more time for the class. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. that Honestly, me. I think they just did it on night two because we don't want to jip the people who, like only paid for night two tickets i don't think that's a jip i think if you get night one you know you're gonna get the hall of famers you do i don't think you know that no i mean they've only done two nights i would assume that night one would twice. be the hall of fame either way we will return to undertaker later on yep <laughs> and we get our what is technically advertised as the last match at night one it is Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown Women's title. Really? Was this advertised well, as the last match? Well, technically, the Kevin Owens show was advertised last, so that's not a match. Oh, you're right. God, we're almost done with night one. Wow. This is a weird match to where neither one of these women are really like easy to get behind and root for at this point. Yeah. This was about what I expected for a match between these two, though. I will say that. I thought it was real sloppy. It was a little sloppy, but it was, you know, it was a Charlotte and Ronda match. It was sloppy and a bit stiff, and I don't know how intentionally stiff it was. Well, you know what wasn't stiff was the uh, underwire in Charlotte's bra, because that just... Oh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, she probably had three nip slips. Yeah. Which, what is it about us reviewing WrestleManias that have nip slips? I know. Although although maybe 15 didn't. That being said, the amount of adjusting of gear that Rhonda did at the very beginning of this, I thought she was going to have a malfunction. Somewhere in Ireland, V1 from OSW is either having a field day or tearing his hair out. I can't I can't tell how much either hatred or joy he derives from Jock's watch. <laughs> I was thinking of Trish Stratus. Oh, yeah. Whenever there is somebody that's adjusting their gear, I think of how upset Trish would be. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Trish Stratus is now ready for G.I. Jane 2 with all the hair she pulled out watching this match. <laughs> Do you have anything to say before we get to the finish of this, besides the fact that Charles Robinson's the referee? Oh, my God. So, Charles Robinson, they even call him Little Nate, and I didn't know that was a, re- a nickname that like, continued on with him after yeah. WCW. So, when they said Little Nate, I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be a fucky finish, isn't it? Because it's a flare in the ring with Charles Robinson. Well, it's going to ac- be a fucky well, finish. accidentally was. Unintentionally. So, they try to, like, they have two, like, false finishes. One of them is Rhonda hits her Piper's Pit move, and Charlotte very clearly gets her foot in the rope like way early, and Charles Robinson counts to three. It's like oh, immediately, like, oh no, wait, her foot was on the rope. Yeah, and it's like, well, Rhonda should have won, right? They're like, no, she shouldn't. No, have. she didn't win. <laughs> I don't know what that was, but now I'm also realizing another thing about it being Charles Robinson being the ref. So you had a flare versus someone with a Roddy Piper gimmick. With Charles Robinson as the referee. So the actual finish of the match is Charles Robinson gets bumped. And Refs are glass. Rhonda gets Charlotte in an arm bar and Charlotte like immediately taps out. Rhonda notices the ref is not there, which actually, I guess credit to the booking. They didn't have her go, yeah, I won. What? Yeah, and that's true. It's like, no, she actually goes, oh shit, he's out. Let me go wake him up. Although at the same time, just stay in the hold. He'll wake up eventually. Eventually, how long she has to hold it for? The arm's gonna be. She broke. like slapped him op- awake. Arm's gonna be broken at some point. Oh my god! When she revives him, Charlotte just hits a big boot and wins. She hit that move like three or four times during the match. It was never even like like a near fall. 
No. I think that this one works because she hit the big boot when Rhonda wasn't expecting it, so she couldn't brace herself. Yeah, I think it's also, I think Charlotte just needs a better... Finish, yeah. Or needs another finisher, because she kind of has her, like, it's called natural selection. It's like a flipping face buster kind of thing, but it's a lot of setup for it. Like, she just needs another move. Another one. Exactly. Um, This match was... This, of night one, was the most forgettable match. More than Drew McIntyre and Happy Corbin? Yes. Wow. I don't know if it was the most forgettable. I mean, I it, liked the Drew McIntyre match. If anything, at the very least for the ending. Yeah, I, I think this, I mean, even with the having the like breather of the Hall of Fame, it's like you followed Becky and Bianca no. and then Seth and Cody Rhodes. And it's like you, you were in a bad spot and you did not live up to your previous matches. No. And your successor is not helping you at all either yeah and i don't think like i don't know who's excited to see where this goes next no i couldn't really care less this match felt more like it was in the way of the kevin owens show yeah i just wanted the kevin owens show to start and that's our next segment it's kevin owens show with special guest stone gold steve austin so owens comes out and just kind of heals on the crowd for a little while just continuing on shitting on texas can we say that shoes from Texas are done? So he stalls bringing out Austin, who then just gets impatient and comes out. And the fucking pop. Oh, my God. Just for the glass break sound, the amount of the screeches we got. Oh, it was so good. So Austin comes out in his Daisy Dukes and the, and, and the knee pads. Knee braces more than pads. Oh, yeah, I guess yeah. it is. Apparently, that was everybody's tell. It's like, oh, no, this is a match. That he had his braces on? Yeah. <laughs> So they they banter back and forth a little bit. Austin has the crowd call him an asshole and a jackass. and <laughs> An asshole. What? A jackass. What? <laughs> and Kevin Owens like, you know, I kind of lied to you. And basically, it's like, this whole thing was basically a ruse because I wanted to challenge you to a match. What? I had no idea. So Austin pulls the crowd if they want to see him have a match with this sack of shit. <laughs> He just censors himself say, before saying goddamn, which I'm like, yeah, that's, that's Yeah, the that's what gets bleeped, I guess. Cause he, no, 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 it doesn't get bleeped. He literally just stops short of saying it. Like, he catches it himself. I guess that's what ha- would have gotten bleeped, because, like, they could say whatever the hell they wanted. Yeah. He was saying asshole, shit, damn, all that. Like, So we have a new main event in a no-holds-barred match for the first time in 19 years. <sighs> it is Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Kevin Owens. Ugh. And they brawl around. We were unsure if Austin was going to bump at all because he kind of didn't seem to be for a little while. Yeah, but then they take the the brawl into the audience and he takes a bump on exposed concrete. And he takes a suplex. We which, were both like, oh, okay. no, he took a bump. And it's it's not, it's not it's very likely not concrete. It's still an impressive bump. However, when you actually think about it, where they are is is where the football field would be. Yeah. So it's likely, you know, some sort of like platforms. Yeah, it's not comfortable. I'll oh, put God. it that way. It's, it's just not, not padded, but it's, it's not, not concrete. Yeah, it's not slabs of straight up concrete. But this is mostly Austin on offense, just like pure crowd brawling, and almost actually in a literal sense too. Yeah, Austin drinks about eight beers during this match. Drinks is a loose term. <laughs> Austin Austin pours opens about eight beers all over himself. We went we ended up back in the ring. Kevin Owens hits a stunner on Austin and it was like, Oh shit. Yeah. Austin kicks out. 
Hits a stunner of his own, gets the win. Amazing. I didn't think this was all that good, but it was oh, a lot I of fun. It was it. it was so much fun. I loved every minute of it. It was so good. Like Austin's mud hole stomps in the corner. Yeah. I'm like, oh, buddy, like you know, you can you, you could tighten that up a little bit. Yeah. Like you I were, think he was a little cautious. It's like, look, you were yelling at John Cena to tighten up that that springboard stunner. You got to tighten up those stomps, Steve. Yeah. But like, can you blame him? <laughs> He's an old man now with a lot of joint issues. Listen, he's... Uh, Playing a little safe. I mean, it's not like anyone's older is going to wrestle on, on either of these shows. But, no, this was absolutely a lot of fun. It was a lovely send-off for Steve Austin. I, I do not think he damaged his legacy at all, which no. is very... Like, when you, think about, when you think about guys coming out of retirement, like, I think Shawn Michaels is the one that yeah. comes to mind. It's like, oh, no. But, this was exactly what you wanted this match to be. And, I, and it was perfect. I think a lot of that comes down to his style while he was still active. It was a lot of punch, kick, crowd brawl. So you're but not. But it was also just a lot of personality. So oh, as yeah. long as he can bring the personality back, you still get exactly. Stone Cold oh, Steve Austin. Exactly. As long as this man can still crack two beers together and pour them all over himself, you still got Stone Cold. But again, he only pours, pours one on himself. The other one we noticed, like casually pours, pours out his- by his hip. And I'm like, <laughs> you son of a bitch. I don't think I'm not noticing. Yeah, it's a good thing that this was the last match of the night because that mat was covered in beer. Yeah, he um, he also stuns Byron Saxon again, which I think hopefully he kicked him in the stomach this time and not right in the dick. Did you see the sell that Byron Saxon did? That man was so bouncy. Not as bouncy as we get later on, yeah. but oh my God, was Byron Saxon bouncy. Austin also has a drink with his brother. That was very and, sweet. And yep, they just kind of have a whole beer bash to close us out. Yeah. Pretty good night one. It was a very fun night one. There was never a point where I wanted to die. I had a, a lot of fun watching this. I think let's save best bit for the whole show as opposed That's to... That's fair. I did not... I, in watching it, I don't have an MVP and a best bit, but I'm sure we'll get one. But yeah, night one definitely was a good start. Pretty easy watch. I mean, the the, the two we weren't as into, one of them was at least early, and then mm-hmm. the other one is like, okay, we know... That uh, Austin and Kevin Owens coming up. Yeah. Um, it definitely made it difficult for night two to try to top. Even though Mark Wahlberg really wanted you to think that the sequel was just going to be better than the original. Yes. Which I'm like, yeah, Mark, you know all fucking about that, don't you? Yeah, how's Transformers 7? <laughs> How many fucking Transformers movies are there? Uh, 12? Cor- 14? Well, according to Steven Spielberg, too many. Because Michael Bay uh-huh. did an interview. was like, yeah, he told me to stop. Good. Listen to him. Oh, so while we debated it. We opted not to try to match Steve Austin's uh, number of beers. Uh, no, the chair that I'm sitting on is too expensive to play that game. Honestly, the Wayfair couch that Nick is sitting on is too expensive to play that game. Because the amount of gross, sticky beer we'd have to clean off? No, we're not doing that. But here's another one to Steve Austin. Hell yeah. So night two, we start with Jesse James Decker singing America's Beautiful. Better than the other guy. So. She was lovely. Don't know who she is, but she was great. Beautiful yeah. voice. We can get a night one recap package super quick, like, just bang, bang, like, you know, the hits. Don't worry, we'll get longer ones later. Yeah. This leads into another Marky Mark video package. And, yeah, pretty much this is the sequels better than the original kind of thing. Yeah, which I said earlier. And we start with Triple H. Taking his sweet motherfucking time. Comes down, like, this, from the start of the hour... To the the first, like, even the first team coming out for the first match, it's 15 minutes. Only 15? Yeah. And we could probably count on one hand how many words Triple H said. 
So he comes down to the ring, puts his boots in the ring, welcomes us to WrestleMania. That's pretty much it. This is meant to be a nice little retirement ceremony. Yeah. He made, he made note on social media a couple days ago that he would be retiring from in-ring work. He did an interview. Yeah. And I know this is like a big deal. It's a big moment. It's WrestleMania, whatever. Maybe he's not going to do this again. He took so long. He just yeah. letting the, the crowd chant, like soaking in the moment. I get it. It's a big moment. I'm so proud of you. I'm so happy for you. But my God, say something. Yeah. It was a mix of we get it, but you overdid it. Yes. And speaking of overdoing it, they introduce Gable Stevenson again. again. <laughs> but this time he's a ringside. But the problem is I keep calling him Chad Gableson. I see. I want to keep calling him Gable Stevenson because, you know, that's a last name. That makes more sense. But Chad Gable and Gable Stevenson are going to be the same person in my brain, even though I know they're very different people. I can already tell that I'm going to confuse the two of them. Well, let's hope they never interact. Well. Our first match of of night two is RK Bro versus the Street Profits versus American Alpha. No, sorry. It's the American Academy. It's the Alpha Academy. Jesus, sorry. American Alpha is Chad Gable's old team. Oh, my God. Sorry, try that again. No. Just leave it. Shoosh. For the Raw Tag Team titles. This is a weird match. It's a triple threat tag team match in that there are three legal men at all times, which is directly different from the Fatal 4-Way women's tag team match later where there's only two. Yeah, it was definitely strange, but I understood the logic behind it. It wasn't, like, lost on me. It was just strange. Yeah, I don't think it flowed as well, especially because there's several moments where the third legal man is just, like, laying out on the floor. Like, yeah. But can we talk about how much I love the Street Profits? Do you love both of them, or do you just love Montez no, Ford? No, I, I do love Montez Ford the most, but I love them both. I love their whole energy. Their entrance, their charisma, their, like, back and forth when they're talking backstage on promos. I love these two. And it's no coincidence that they that Montez Ford is married to Bianca Belair, who I just gushed over. Montez Ford dives over the corner turnbuckle onto the floor, and the band basically lands on his goddamn feet and then has to, like, kind of fall over after, like, oh, I didn't think I'd land that. I was thinking about that move, and if it didn't... If, if he could have sold that as still, like, devastating to the people he landed on and still land on his feet, I think that would have been amazing. Lots of quick action, guys kind of coming in and out. Yeah. Down the stretch, Riddle hits a springboard super RKO to Montez Ford. <laughs> amazing. And then Randy Orton gets the pin after catching a diving Chad Gable with an RKO. Also amazing. <laughs> Randy Orton looks like he's having more fun than at any point in his career. Honestly, though. I think he's better as a heel, but I've never seen this Randy Orton. So, you know, it's like, okay. He's just having fun. Let the man have fun. The fucking pi- pirate Randy Orton with that facial hair. Yeah, well. Still want him to get rid of that. I mean, still smash. But this is a very good opener. It was. It's a better opener than the night one. I agree. I do agree. Match quality wise, for sure. It, and, had, it had a better energy where actually like, it probably was kicking things off. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's fair. So post-match, the Street Profits come in and offer RK Bro like, a little sip from their cup. They have the red solo cups, which, like a lot of people, I thought this was going to be a full-fledged heel turn from them because they had kind of been teasing oh, the, like they? a little like more like intense attitude. Oh, I but didn't know that. N- no, they, they pour a little something. Randy, Randy keeps sniffing it like, what the fuck's this? No, what I thought was funny is um, the Street Profits handed RK Bro two solo cups 
And Matt Riddle kind of like played it off as like, oh yeah, there's something in this cup already. Randy oh, yeah, Orton looks in the cup and he's like, what the fuck? This is empty. I and then he, they like pour something in. And then I, he thought he sniffed, it. I thought he sniffed it twice. But they then go, wait. And they invite Gable Steveson into the ring. Chad Gableson. They give him a cup and then Chad Gable just runs in during Smacks the toast. the cup out and, of his yeah. hand. And... The, the faces then just bail. And, like, Randy Orton's face through all this is just, like... Oh, he has no. the best facial... Like, I'm sure it's got to be memed at this point. You got to find Randy Orton's faces throughout all this. Because they all... None of them are, like, let me protect my boy, um, Gable Steveson. We're all just leaving the ring. We're out. This is not my fight. This is not my dog to, to protect. Whatever. So Gable has a mic. I don't even know where the hell he got it yeah, from. Yeah, I don't know. But he does a real over-the-top shoosh. Like, I didn't like how over the top it was. Neither did you. No, the shoes thing's kind of annoying. I mean, it's a heel thing, but it was just like a... This seemed too cartoony to yeah. me. But um, Gable Stevenson then grabs him, hits a belly-to-belly suplex, and that's that. Yeah, he really, like, flings him over his shoulder, too. So it's not necessarily a brawl, I guess. It's just the one suplex. But, yeah. Uh, Chad... Or, fuck. I cannot get these two's names right. Gable... That's even worse. Gable Steveson. Okay. Okay, I keep calling him Chad. But yeah, Gable Steveson just picks up Chad Gable and just throws him over his shoulder like a piece of paper. Like, the man looked so light. Like, he was nothing. It was cool. I am curious to see if Gable Steveson can uh, cut a promo. Post-match, we get another night one recap. And then we get Omos versus Bobby Lashley. If you have to pee, go now. Yeah, I I have virtually nothing to say about this. Like, I, I'm so I th- done with Omos. He's nothing. He is a big wall of nothing. Yeah, I think we were both a little higher on him last year, we and were. now we're just like, th- there's nothing else there. It's just a big dude. This is what I'm. Th- when I argue that this is just a big boy match, Omos is a big boy. Like he has nothing about him. He has no personality. Outside the fact that he is large and strong. This match just showed me how much they need to bring Braun Strowman back. No, this match showed me that they need to cut Omos from the roster. Yeah. They're and cutting everybody else. Why not cut him? I'm saying bring back Braun Strowman. Bring back Braun. Get rid of Omos. I'm done with him. We get a weird spot that gets repeated later, um, which is Lashley spearing Omos in the back. So in the lead up to this, there was this whole storyline that nobody could get Omos off of his feet. Yeah. Bobby Lashley got him to stumble. I'm not sure if he entirely got him on his back. Well, he suplexed him at one point. Oh, okay. Maybe that's what it was then. Well, he also so, he also knocked him down on Raw, so that storyline was okay. entirely pointless. So Bobby Lashley was the only guy that could get Omos off of his feet, so that warranted a WrestleMania match. So he got hit from the back, and I took that as, like, he's trying to hit him from whatever angle it took to get him down. I don't fucking care. I don't care. I don't yeah, care. you're really trying. <laughs> I'm trying hard to, like, justify this match. I don't care. Yeah, Lashley wins after a second spear, and some people were into this. I was not. I it didn't even. Oh yeah, Twitter was all about this match. Yeah, it it went longer than it had to, and I'm like, I, I, I don't think it was feasible. I did want to see Bobby Lashley hit like a delayed suplex on Omos, but you made a comment while we were watching that um, you asked me like who had a bigger WrestleMania fall from grace. Yeah, Drew McIntyre or Bobby Lashley? To me. Bobby Lashley did. Bobby Lashley is a good wrestler. He's better than this. Th- he was just facing Brock Lesnar. And yeah. now he's facing Omos? Are you kidding? I think the only 
contrary point you can make is that I don't think Bobby Lashley was cleared to wrestle until like a week and a half before this. I mean, that's true. So and, they had to find the a storyline for And him. the Drew story has been going for like four months. I guess. That's the... That's the only contrary point. I'm with you, Bobby's. Yeah, but they needed on to paper, get Bobby Bob, Lashley on WrestleMania. Yeah, on paper, Bobby's is worse. But I think th- this this was a quick slap dash together because, I mean, until they, until they set it up on Raw, people were like, "Oh, well, maybe Bobby Lash is going to be Seth's opponent if it's not Cody." True. And that was it, a theory. Yeah, and then the Omos match got set up, and it's like, all right, let's move on to more fun things. Yeah, let's do that. Next up is Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville in an Anything Goes match. This was such a fun match. It says the girl who hates Jackass. I do. Okay. So I thought about this a little bit. I really do hate Jackass. And let me tell you a quick story, podcast listeners. During our... I'm pretty sure you've told this on the podcast, by the way. I may have. Let me tell it again. During the COVID quarantine, when we were at home doing absolutely nothing... Nick told me about how much he loved the Jackass movies when he was younger. He was gushing over them. And when I told him I had never seen them, he was like, oh, my God, you got to watch Jackass. It's so good. Bear in mind, this is a man who majored in film in college. So we sit in our that bedroom. Feels like a low blow, but go on. <laughs> we sit in our bedroom and he puts on, I don't even know which Jackass movie it was. And we're laying there and we're watching it. And for the first couple of minutes, he has his, you know, 13-year-old giddy smile on. And they just keep getting hit in the nuts. And I look over at him a couple of times and he's still laughing. I'm like, all right. And about 10, 15 minutes into the movie, I look over him and the smile has kind of started to fade. I'm like, are you still standing by this? He's like, no. <laughs> I think it was you, you, the fact that you weren't enjoying it. It was realize. not funny. It's not funny. But the reason, I'm, I'm a girl. Sorry. I don't find Jackass funny. Um, but the reason that I think I loved this match so much, the ridiculousness that is Jackass translates so well to the ridiculousness that is wrestling. And the fact that Sami Zayn is taking it so seriously. It's it's a match made in heaven. It's perfect. This is the hokey, ridiculous nature of wrestling that I want to be seeing. Did you know this is not the first time Jackass has been involved in WWE? Really? The first time was, I want, it would have been about 2006, 2007. They were actually probably promoting Jackass 2 or 3. Probably one of the ones that we watched, right? <laughs> and uh, it was Steve-O and Chris Pontius came to Raw and Umaga beat them up. And Steve-O didn't know to like end the segment. It's like, you have to sell. You have to like stay down. Oh. And so he was kind of rolling around. I think at one point he started like laughing and Umaga just stiffed the shit out of him. Oh, good. <laughs> Which made Steve O kind of laugh more like, what the fuck? <laughs> so this match is just nothing but shenanigans. Oh, it's so much fun. They bring out a giant mouse trap. Well, that's There's that's a the, giant that, hand. That's the well, I was like, one of those is the finish. Yeah. We get a Chris Pontius pa- party boy run in. I get to see a lot of man butt. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. And let's just acknowledge what the internet is also acknowledging. Pat McAfee's commentary during this makes this match as well. Oh, I honestly didn't take a lot of note of his commentary. Oh my god, he's amazing on this. Oh, I'll have to go back and rewatch it then. We also get a wee man running who who hits the scoop slam on Sami Zayn. Yeah, it was impressive. But he's also, Wee Man is also wearing a WrestleMania t-shirt, but he's taken like black tape and blacked out every letter that does not spell Wee Man. <laughs> it's great. There, There is a um, swinging leg for dick kicking. Yes. 
there's a point. There's a mousetrap covered table, which for better or worse did not have any of the mousetraps actually active. Yeah. yeah. Although, granted, maybe he set all of them off when he was taking it for, out from the apron because. Yeah, it didn't come out clean. (laughs) At one point, he was setting up the table and was like straddling the table. And I'm like, Sammy, stop. Get your balls away from that. I know it's jackass, but like, don't. I don't remember what set it up, but there's a spot where Sammy goes to like run from Johnny Knoxville and just turns and there's the giant fucking head, which credit to the camera work because we did not see that that set up at all. Like, it just comes out of, like, the side of the frame. Like, that what? got me so good. I was dying laughing with that. So, the finish of this match is uh, they put Sami Zayn on a giant mousetrap, and John Axel tries to set it off, has a little bit of difficulty, but then manages to just kind of get it with his hand, has to, like, very quickly pull his hand out. Yeah. It clips his shoulder a little bit on the way down, but... But it doesn't look like it's truly, you know, pinning anything down. Yeah. But Sami Zayn sells that it is, and they celebrate. He gets the pin. Yeah. and Johnny Knoxville wins. They leave, and Sami's like, what the hell? I'm still here. Which was great. Yeah, Johnny Knoxville gets the win, so we're two for two on the celebrities winning. And this was such a fun match. I don't know why I'm more okay with this than, like, an actual Jackass movie. Because this doesn't feel like, let me, you know, sled down a mountain into a pole that's going to hit me in the nuts. This has, like, a little bit more nuance to it. I don't know. It, yes, there were dick kicks. Like, that happened. Oh, but the, it wasn't, like, only dick kicks. There was also the, um, he sets the pyro off when Sammy goes up top. Yeah. The, I think oh, the, that was I good. think the one spot that fell a little flat was Sammy goes to run towards him and he just, like, just like puts an air horn like, in his face. Yeah, that one. Because the air horn, like, well. didn't fully go off to start, no. too. Yeah, that was the only one that was, like, eh. I did love the imagery of Johnny Knoxville laying in the middle of the ring about to take the frog splash. And you see Sami Zayn get up on the top rope in the corner. And the camera pans down to see, like, Johnny Knoxville laying there. And he doesn't move the rest of his body, but he just lifts his arm that's holding the remote, presses the button, and then the firework goes off. Yeah. I thought that was great. It's full Bugs Bunny. It, it's I think that's the difference. It's cartoon. I've been saying how much I love Jimmy Hart the last couple of weeks. Because he's such a cartoon villain. I think that's why I like this is because it's so Bugs Bunny cartoony. I think you got it. Yeah. Overall, this was a lot of fun. It's not going to be some people's cup of tea. I know um, everyone's already getting on Dave Meltzer because he called it horrible. (gasps) How dare you? I know. um, I can't wait to hear what Jim Cornette has to say about this, but... I love it. Yeah. I thought it was so much fun. It's it's you need the hokiness in wrestling yeah. sometimes just to remind you it's that what a- you're watching is not serious. It's absolute nonsense. And based on that, you're gonna know whether or not you're gonna like this match. Exactly. Uh, if you are into wrestling for the nuanced fighting and the like technical move sets that certain people have, you're gonna hate this match. That's that. It's a lot more memorable than our next match. Which is the women's tag team title match. Uh-huh. Sasha Banks and Naomi versus Natalia and Shayna Baszler versus Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley versus Queen Zelina and Carmella. And this is the second year in a row where it's like, oh, yeah, how many of these people were teams two months ago? Like, I, minus the champions. I think Sasha and Naomi were nope. not not two months ago. They formed on, I think, like literally on the pay-per-view. Which was a month ago? Yeah. Okay. Like, it's not been two months. Meh. I still love Sasha Banks. I still think that she did a great showing in this. I also was impressed with Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan held her own very well in this match. Yeah, she's definitely been improving over the last year. 
You know who is forgettable? The champions. Yes. Carmella, I'm done with the... Again, Carmella is so annoying to me because the fucking face mask thing. I don't get it. I think it's like to protect her face. I thought it was a beauty routine that she was doing for a while. But it's to protect the beauty of her face. Yeah. I, by and, making her look insane. And as we referenced, I think the episode will actually come out after this one. But just the whole, we get it, you guys have sex gimmick. Of, oh, with Corey Graves. Yeah. yeah. And apparently, it. I missed where the fuck they said this, but they're like, all right, if we retain, me and Corey are going to have sex in the ring. Did they say that? <laughs> apparently. I don't know where, but I saw that. Like, Where's guys, Edge? Guys, He's we're... like, no, that's my thing. <laughs> yeah. This wasn't, it actually wasn't bad. It just wasn't memorable. It wasn't memorable. I mean, the, the, the finish was good of Sasha and Naomi. Yeah. They tried to give every team like a false finish and it, it's a weird new like double team finisher they have. Um. Yeah, it didn't, like, entirely make sense, but it looked good. I liked it. Yeah, so, so yeah, Sasha and Naomi win, new women's tag team champions. Yeah. It's another slapdash kind of team. I mean, even Queen Zelina and Carmella were a slapdash team. I did think it was funny, though. Corey Graves made a comment that was like, no, we needed this. We're going on our honeymoon. We needed this WrestleMania check, baby. Or, like, the WrestleMania checks are the best checks of the year. Yeah. I thought it was in character. I thought it was funny. Yeah, I, I don't want to linger too much on that nah. one. <laughs> now that said, I fell asleep during the next match. Yes, I, which you did also go back and rewatch. Yeah, so the rest of this show I had to watch this morning because I was sleepy and I fell asleep during the intros of this next match. We also had to rewind um, one of the other matches. It was actually it was from night one because you missed the finish. Oh, yeah. So I had to rewind there. So Listen, you were sleepy all day. this was a very long weekend, okay? My sister got married. Congratulations to Amanda and Brandon. But I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, next up is AJ Styles versus Edge. Edge, who has like a whole new gimmick and new theme. and Evil. I love it. And like might Flame be boy. I love it. Might be forming the, like the new, new brood. Maybe. This was a good match. It wasn't a great match in my I opinion. I thought this was a very WrestleMania match. For better or for worse. It didn't blow me away in the way that I assume some people kind of wanted and imagined it would. Like, it was still, like, a good, you know, somewhere being good and very good. Yeah. And, you know, you guys never had a match before. And think, oh, yeah, this is, like, you know, definitely scratch that itch. Yeah. But... I can't believe these two have never had a match before. They've both been in this industry for so long, I guess. Like, you were saying, like, they haven't been active in the same industry or the same company at the same time. Yeah, I mean... Edge also retired in yeah 2011, so I keep forgetting how late AJ Styles came into WWE 2016. Yeah. yeah. Any notes you want to hit before we actually get to the finish of this? Not particularly. I liked Edge's entrance. I yes. liked the fire and the dark side of it. Yeah, and coming out on on the throne yeah. like the, it seemed like, it like all right. Triple H isn't using this anymore. You can borrow you it. You can have it. <laughs> we had this in the back stock room. So the finish of this match is uh, Damian Priest suddenly arrives at ringside and distracts AJ just long enough to have his phenomenal form get caught with a midair spear from Edge. Yeah, so the, there was interference, but not really. Yeah, just like, nope, you got you got distracted by yeah. just a man standing around. By the around. presence of a person. You realize you're in an arena that's nearly sold out, right? Like, there's a lot of people. Yeah, but when someone's at ringside... Yeah. Uh, post-match, it's like, yeah, Priest is definitely aligned with Edge, so that's definitely going to be some sort of stable or tag team or something going yeah, forward. Yeah, they gave each other very, like, menacing smiles and laughed to, with each other. It was, it was interesting. So yeah. we're going to watch Raw tonight. 
Yeah, but both of these men are both still very good wrestlers, put on a good match. I mean, they're both men in their 40s, but damn, are they still moving. And we, we're still unsure how AJ cut his face before the match. Yeah, AJ Styles comes down to the ring with, like, fresh blood on his face. Yeah, on his cheek. And it's like, people thought it was pyro, but then I, I'm not hearing now. Maybe it might have been, like, the set. And it's like... But he was walking down the yeah. the ramp with the blood. Yeah, it was weird. I Yeah, I don't know. I, maybe somebody was, like, trying to slap his face to get him hyped before he came out. and Pulling a Goldberg. Maybe. Moving on, our next match is a match that actually got cut from night one. And with the amount of time this match goes, I'm like, really? Why? It is Sheamus and Ridge Holland with Butch, a.k.a. Pete Dunn, versus Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods, who are in Big E gear. Which I liked. I thought that yeah, was I liked it until um, they lose in a minute 40. Yeah. Can I say how annoying Butch is? Can I tell you how sad that is? Why? Butch is an amazing wrestler who they recently debuted in the main roster and gave him a stupid name. Mm. But he's a very talented wrestler, and they just randomly have him in this, somebody called it Scrappy-Doo gimmick. It is kind of Scrappy-Doo, but he's around the ring for this whole match, all two minutes of it, just doing the most. Like, Sheamus is even, like, carrying him away from ringside. He's, like, being brought back. Like, you're not part of this, man. Like, can you step back for a second? Yeah, this was a completely forgettable match. I mean, I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad these guys get you know get paid, but yeah, no one's it's gonna remember this. Because I love the new day, and I'm yeah. so happy that they were trying to honor Big E. Yeah, it's it just... was. It was also a little sad that like, hey, the, I, 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 it's bad to look at it this way, but like, hey, you're gonna wear gear honoring this guy, and the guy who broke his neck is gonna pin you clean. Yeah. And, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And geez, they've replayed that clip like seven oh, times on I TV. I can't keep watching it. I think it's because he's kind of okay that yeah. they'll keep replaying it. Post-match, we get another Undertaker farewell. Oh, my God. Yeah, he comes out again. The music also weirdly cuts out during part of his, like, bow, where I'm just like, was this supposed to happen? Cause then oh, it, I don't know. Then it just randomly clicks back in, and I'm like, okay. But, yeah, he, he's just still here saying thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't understand why this happened. Twice. It's so long. And we started the show with a long retirement thing. Two old men just walking around in silence. Like, cool. Love wrestling. I can't wait for, Shawn, can't wait for Shawn Michaels to come out and just randomly, <sighs> you know, dance for five minutes. And I just, I hate that I have this feeling of, like, go away for these guys. Because I, like, watching Triple H in his prime, watching Undertaker in their prime, like, they're good wrestlers. They're cool guys. But this makes me annoyed with them. Let's move on to our semi-main event. It is Austin Theory with Mr. McMahon versus Pat McAfee. <laughs> I love this match. McAfee gets Seven Nation Army as entrance music and the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, which, according to him, he was not aware it was going to be there before he walked out. <laughs> so this is also a good match. Um, McAfee is athletic. He, he, he misses a big-ass swanton at one point. And is, you know, has enough hops and is flippy enough to where I'm sure I'm like, oh, yeah, Emily will like him. Oh, he was so good. I was so impressed by him. I thought he was a lot of fun. Like, I think someone someone tweeted, like, if anybody was ever curious if Pat McAfee is worthy of getting a full-time contract, like, this proves that he can handle it. As a wrestler, not just as a commentator. It also helps that you want to see him beat up Austin Theory. Who keeps, like, doing moves and looking at Vince like, yeah, Like, Dad? did you see that, Dad? Did you see? Did you see what I did? 
Vince McMahon was not happy. As much as I <laughs> he enjoy- had such a grumble face on. Yeah, as much as I enjoy this, the story the story would have made a lot more sense if this had been Shane. Yeah, that you're right. You're absolutely right. Like the fact that this is Pat McAfee makes no sense in story. No, but I still loved it. He still put on a very good show. So McAfee at one point like goes for Superplex and then Theory pushes him off and he does a like backflip, lands on his feet and then jumps back up. And you see also yeah. Theory go like, what the hell? Yeah. It was so cool. Yeah. It's top rope Superplex, ends up winning with a roll up. Yeah. Celebrities are 3-0. And Vince McMahon looks so angry. Yeah. My little protege. Vince kind of scolds Theory on the way out and McAfee for some reason just challenges Vince to a fight. Yeah, like, they make eye contact, and he kind of looks at Vince. He's like, you want to go? And Vince, and te- Vince teases taking off the jacket. And so he- I had to back it up at first, because I saw Vince, like, I guess it was him starting to take his jacket off, but he just kind of, like, flashed one side of his jacket. I thought he was showing off a gun. I thought he had a gun in his pocket. I was like, are you threatening him? No, it was the, oh, I might do it. Oh, I'm yeah. not going to. Yeah. And then he takes off the jacket, rips off the shirt, has the black tank. He's ta- got the black tank top under and then a, then a fucking ref suddenly appears. Do you guys remember the uh, WrestleMania 37 episode from last year when I said, I wonder if we'll ever see Vince McMahon in the ring ever again? Turns out we will. Well, Theory blindsides Pat McAfee, and the bell then rings, and it's Pat McAfee versus Vince McMahon. <laughs> what? I was so confused when this started, because like, even in like the few notes I made, I was like, this man is pushing 80 years old. Why is he in the ring? Yeah, he hits some clotheslines, you know. Or Pat, I mean, he looks jacked. Pat runs into Vince's arms. Yeah. Um, theory interferes. The match ends when Vince like kind of softly punts a football into Pat's ribs. Yeah. Like, it was kind of a weak spot. Like, I didn't... It only went like three minutes, even then it felt yeah. almost too long. Like, I loved it, though. I thought it was great. But when when all of this was happening, I was like, well, see, what happened last time you took on somebody with the name Austin? So uh, post-match, Vince and Austin Theory hug. Uh, Vince reacts a little too early to Austin Theory's music hitting. And he goes, oh, what? And he goes, oh, okay, it's your theme. And then uh, shortly thereafter, the glass shatters. <laughs> And I actually, Which, I, I, did, I had no idea that that um, Steve Austin was coming out again. I had it, no idea. It it felt like it had to happen. I like when it, as this was all happening, I was like, ah, he had his whole thing with Steve Austin. This is what you get for going with another guy named Austin. And then in my head, I was like, what if, what if Steve's still backstage? And then, da-da, da-da, da-da. <laughs> I I thought yes. personally, I thought Steve should come, should come out earlier and help Pat win, but no, I think it was perfect um, how it was. Honestly, yeah, glass shatters. Crowd goes absolutely nuts. I go absolutely. You weren't here when I saw this, but I went absolutely nuts in here. Austin stuns Austin, um, and the, the the fucking Scott Hall level Sutter cell the that the, bounce does. Yeah. that this boy did. This man just it, you would have thought there was a trampoline there. Yeah, Vincent tries to talk Steve Austin down, and they, they both end up with beers to take a little sip. Vince drinks it like like wine little Somebody on commentary was like, We know Vince McMahon's a wine guy. It's Cole. Cole. <laughs> Cole was actually very good during this whole kind of show. And um they they both chug some beer. Vince just pours it down his fucking chest. Yeah, he's not even Austin trying to. Austin hits it. the kick for a stutter and Vince just like falls back and it's <laughs> honestly Vince McMahon manages to top the worst stunner from himself. Actually, 
This is probably bottom three stunners. Vin- so we all know how the logistics of a stunner go. Steve Austin kicks you in the stomach. You fold over. He takes your head and he smashes you. Yeah. Vince McMahon takes the kick, falls backwards into the ring ropes. So Steve Austin has to chase after him into the corner and try to grab his head to do something. Vince is just not having it. Yeah, I think Vince has replaced himself in the top three. I think he's knocked out his old one. This was the worst stunner. Oh, I, here's the thing. Uh, the, the two other contenders are Linda McMahon and Donald <sighs> Trump. Th- those. Well. Those are the two, and the Donald no, Trump. No, I think this one's still worse. It might be the Donald Trump one. At least has has the illusion of a shaky camera for the angle yeah. they're going for. The Linda one is totally clean. She just like completely she just turns, corpses and dies. Not corpses like laughs, but just becomes a corpse. <laughs> she reverts back to her WrestleMania seventeen. Stop. But yeah, this this is absolutely yeah. the worst stunner I think I've ever seen. <laughs> Which I'm like, how many fucking stunners have you taken, Vince? You think you'd fucking know by and now? And you've seen a million of them. Like, like, come on, man. Like, it ruined the moment a little bit, but it was no, still a beautiful I, moment. The fact that Austin immediately is laughing his ass yeah. off afterwards. Just like, ah, it's whatever. Steve Austin was having the time of his life. Big last day of school vibes off this. Yeah. Austin then starts the beer bash, invites McAfee in, and, you know... And, Again, according to McAfee, he wasn't sure how much of this he was going to be invited in on. And they do the beer bash. It's like, you know, go Austin's like, go up to the top rope, kid. Yeah. And he does the beer bash. He does the two cans. He has not learned from Austin. He oh, does the no, two. no. He takes both. And then um, they do another sip. And I just, I could tell from the body language of like, this man's about to get stunned. Hell yeah, he is. And he sells the stutter really well. I, I love... The cells were so good it's, tonight. It's two sides of the same coin where it's like, are they really over the top? And then the, the just like, just straight down, like feet flat on the ground, just spit the, the beer up. Yeah. I love it. And we do get a shot after Austin, while Austin's celebrating... Of Pat McAfee laying on the ground around the announce table, just pouring beer like he, oh in his God. own like unconscious. Yeah, mouth. he looks like he's unconscious. Like he took the stunner, he's on the ground, like on ringside, just dead. But he's still pouring the beer in his mouth. <laughs> oh my God, it was the best shot. Underrated commentary from this match of Michael Cole actually being a human being and rooting for his friend. Yeah, I thought that was very sweet. Very was, out of Michael Cole's character. Yeah, it was mildly annoying me that Byron Sachs like, he, easy, the boss is right there. It's like, let him have fun. Michael Cole's not getting fired. Yeah, the, the McMahon portion of the match went a lot longer than it needed. I think it only went three and a half minutes. The, the Austin Theory it. match was, was very good. It was all good. But this whole segment yeah, was amazing. The, yeah, this whole thing was a lot of fun. It was so good. Let's ruin it. Emily, what are you talking about? It's the biggest match, biggest WrestleMania match, best... Sorry, we haven't said the word yet, actually. Oh, it's the most stupendous... There we go. Jeez, I never want to hear that word again. (laughs) It doesn't sound like a real word anymore. No, it's very much much the uh, Ted Lasso thing, where it's like, you know, said a word too much, it lost all meaning. Yeah. It's the main event, title unification match. Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman versus Bork Laser, a.k.a. Brock Lesnar. And I, man, I, I, I just didn't care. I will say, I went into this with zero expectation. I, when this match was announced, I was like, well, that's going to be boring as hell. I wanted to like it. I, I'm, that's what I'm saying. It was more entertaining than I thought it would be. They both had higher energy than I expected from either of them. That's saying they had 1% energy. 
versus yeah. the zero that I expected. Yeah, I mean, I think like the, it's not much. The, the total number of unique moves in this match oh, is less zero. than ten. Yeah. Well, no, it's they a, did like they they have to do moves, Emily. It's not did, zero. <laughs> they did five of the same move each. Like it, yeah. it was it was the same moves over and over and over again. I, yeah. It was exactly what I expected it to be. It and, was boring. It was too long. I didn't care. The only thing that I liked from this match surprise was Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman was funny. He was a little over the top. I, good. Somebody had to be. Um. Let's talk about the potential elephant in the room. We this as of recording, we don't know if Roman Reigns got injured in this match. I looked it up on Twitter. I didn't see anything confirming or denying. There's nothing conclusive. Yeah, I think they're gonna open Raw and it's either gonna let us know if he's hurt or not. He may have dislocated his shoulder and he may no. have popped it in himself. Because at the very end of the match, he like grabs a rope and kind of like yanks. Yeah, I was seeing something else with like his tr- like a potentially torn tricep. Well, because um, what he was saying, he, like, rolled to the side with Paul and was like, it's out. My shoulder, it's out. Yeah, but, the, like, I, that might have been selling. Like, it was better, like, I, guess, like, I, I read that as selling in the moment. I don't know. Um, Roman Reigns has started doing a Goldberg thing, which drives me nuts. Just because you take a step and hit someone in the stomach does not make it a spear. A spear is a running move. Correct. I hate that it's like, oh, you did a takedown. That's a spear. Correct. Because... The finish of this match is, I think Brock actually does mention hit um, like a one F five and Roman kicks out at some point. Yeah, but he goes for another one and Roman just pushes him like two feet away to the ropes and then hits a quote unquote spear and wins. Was well, not a spear. I think that's like spear number three or four in the match. And... Five. Was it? There were a ton. Maybe I'm thinking of German suplexes. Yeah. There were so many. Every match had multiples. Or every every move had multiples. Oh, weird fun fact I saw on Reddit. Uh, shout out to whoever noted this. This has been the only WrestleMania where someone has won, where three people have won using the same move. A spear? Bobby Lashley. I was going to say, Edge, yeah. and Roman Reigns. Did Edge win that match with a spear? Of course yep. he did. That was his move. Fuck, yeah. wow. It's weird. Edge did the best. And, not to, and, and doesn't count, but... Um, on night one, Charlotte used the spear during her match. She did, and actually looked good. And she won. Yeah, didn't win with it. No, but used honestly, it. probably should have. Mm. Anyway, yeah, it wasn't a good, wasn't a great match. And it was just exactly what was, you think it would. Well, be. the ending was also so flat. Like the it crowd, was. crowd was super hot, and <sighs> they just didn't care. The the finish came so quickly, which is why I thought that the the injury was real. Like he injured his shoulder. And then he got the finish like almost immediately after. I, I yeah. that's why I was like, oh, maybe he said something. He's like, let's just get this done. I gotta go. And then, but the issue is after the match, Roman he lifted is, up both belts. Yeah, and like know, is man. selling one of them a little bit, and then by the end, he's just he's got them both up. Yeah, but that's after he did the like potential pop your right. shoulder back in place. At the end of the day, even if he's hurt, like take a second and think of a better fucking impromptu finish because oh my God, yeah, it was it was entirely flat like. I, I think people have called it, and I think I agree. It's like, yep, uh, it is the worst WrestleMania trilogy of matches to exist. Yeah. There aren't I a lot th- of trilogies. and There were a couple of articles about WrestleMania today, and I didn't read all of them, but all of the headlines from last night were a flat finish to an overall fun WrestleMania. I think that was the, the sentiment for all three. Yeah, it, it does, and it does really leave a sour taste in my mouth. Like I, like, I went to bed last night, and I went, oh, it's disappointing. It's such a bummer, because, like, you're hearing us. We thought we were going to talk for a total of 45 minutes. We are now gushing over these shows. It was so much fun to watch, but I just knew that this match was coming. I'm like, I don't want to watch it. 
Is it better than the WrestleMania 34 match? No. If anything, it's on par. Yeah, I, I almost argue that one's more rewatchable for the fun of watching the, the audience. No, watching the yeah. audience just completely fucking turn on the match. True. Like, I, I also in, in, enjoy that occasionally in, like, in a very morbid kind of sense. Just oh, like, yeah. hey, like 80,000 people having a terrible time together. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think that's fun to watch. But I, I'm but no, also... I think this is about on par with that. It's just as boring. I just don't like these two together. And assuming he's not hurt, I'm like, who the fuck do you have beat Roman now? People thought The Rock was going to come out or something. This thinking. is the exact same. You said this last year in our podcast. You're like, yep. who do we have beat Roman? I'm like, I, 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 I think know. I said Drew you last said year. You said Drew or Brock Lesnar come back. That's what you said. But And I stand by. It has to be Drew. I, or, jeez, if you really, really want to make a statement, you have Cody Rhodes beat him. Yo. I don't think they'll do that, they though. They would never put an AEW person over that quickly with their big guy. No, they won't do that. Yeah. But this uh, is also uh, WrestleMania main event number six for Roman Reigns. and I think he needs to be done. Yeah, it's almost like they didn't learn from the fact that, um, I mean, I guess he at least he'll turn in the middle of that, but... By the sixth main event that Hulk Hogan did, people were pretty fucking done with him. Yeah. To the point where that WrestleMania actually had to be moved to a smaller venue. Oh, God. Yeah, because it didn't sell out. Yeah. I'm so tired of just the unbeatable, like, any of those storylines. We've talked about it in WCW on Nitro. Having the unbeatable guy is not fun. It's not a fun thing to watch. Or it's fun for a only very for so limited long. time. Because I mean, like, and you need to do it in a fun way. Where like, I know we missed most of it, but like the Goldberg undefeated streak. Where yeah, it was just him killing you know dudes you didn't care about. So it was yeah, fun. That's true. It's not. Hey, here's this guy. He just beats all your heroes. It's the it's mm-hmm. the Bob Holly booking. His idea for him winning the title is okay. You put the belt on me, and then I beat everybody. It's like, and then what? Right. Right. <laughs> and yeah, I just. Outside of Drew, I don't know. But they got to get Drew out of the, you know, bottom tier storylines that they've got him in. They're going to, you know what, Jesus, you don't know what they're going to do. It's going to be, I don't know who it's going to be, but it's going to be Money in the Bank. He's the the only champion now. So whoever wins Money in the Bank is going to. Cash it on him. Cash it on him. Oh, Jesus, the way he's being booked, he might just win. Yeah, it's such a shame because we were were having so much fun and I were talking about this match and I think both of us have deflated in energy. Yeah. I, it's pretty much kind of exactly what I expected when Brock won the Rumble. And I'm yeah. just like, yeah, I, this is the, the feeling I expected. And, yeah. Uh, all right. Let's try, let's try to uh, rebound this. Because this was overall a fun WrestleMania. This really was. I mean, I don't know how many real stinkers there were. Maybe I would say two. Omos and um, the uh, Charlotte Ronda match. And the main event, so three. Okay, so three. Yeah, I mean, and, yeah, because even and even by stingers, I mean, so they, watchable. They were watchable, watchable stingers. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm just saying, I will never go back and rewatch that main event. No. I got bored halfway through, and I started. We're we're in the middle of a move in this apartment, so I got bored in the middle of that match, and I started packing a box. Didn't feel like I was gonna miss anything. Turns out, didn't. Yeah, I'm not sure where it sits in the overall hierarchy of WrestleManias, but. Definitely a good one. It Although really with, was. The, yeah, with the sour kind of taste at the end. It was such a fun WrestleMania. So Emily, let's move into best bit and MVP. I know you didn't have one before we started no. talking, but what is your best bit? I'm gonna give it to the Bianca Becky match. Yeah, I, gotta I do, keep I gotta thinking do the same. about that match. It was so perfect. I gotta do the same with 
runner-up mention to the uh, Steve Austin, fair. Kevin Owens. I don't know what it is. Match segment. That's absolutely you're absolutely right. That's 100 percent fair. I don't know what it is, but every time I think about the Bianca Becky match or the Bianca Sasha match, I get emotional. <laughs> like it makes me kind of tear up to see how fucking good Bianca Belair is. Yeah. She's incredible. Like, she is an and, inspiration. And rare occasion of the long-term story paying off because she lost in 26 oh, seconds of the... Uh... Yeah. Oh, it was perfect. But the match that you said also 100% deserves some credit. The whole segment. The entire segment. All right, Emily, who's your MVP? <laughs> Steve Austin. Okay. 100% Steve Austin. I... Getting Vince McMahon back in the ring and stunning... Even if it was a bad start, getting Vince McMahon back in the ring, he deserves MVP. I... I don't disagree, but I'm going to go with Pat McAfee. Okay, for similar reason. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, not a, not a traditionally trained wrestler, put on a hell of a performance, was just added so much fun oh, to yes. a lot of the show that needed it. Because I, I know you weren't taking as much note of it with him, but... The commentary? Yeah, like, especially the jackass match, where it's like him and Cole crack it up kind of sell that. Because you... <laughs> You need them to be having fun to kind of like. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just like okay. Like if they had treated that like a fucking shoot and was just dead serious, like yeah, it would have killed it. Bad Bunny has some competition. Bad Bunny, yeah, man, you gotta come back. All right, well, that's gonna do it for this episode of the Buzz Seats Podcast. Yeah, this non-canon episode. It's gonna be just as long as the canon episodes. We had a lot of fun. Uh, next up in like ten days, based on my current schedule is going to be episode number 44. It's the next Nitro in the timeline. And then also already recorded, but we're going to be staggering them because we have a move going on. And this is the last episode we're recording in this apartment. So we won't have to be pausing and apologizing for police sirens and random apartment noises. Yeah, so we're going to be moving to a much quieter place. So episode 44 and 45 are already recorded. I just got to edit them and... Release them in a manner that doesn't create a super weird gap for episode 46, which is the Nitro Before Road Wild, which will be our first one in the new apartment or new house. We're moving into our friend's basement. So while you're waiting for the next episode to come out, you can listen to our back catalog, including WrestleMania 37. Which we've mentioned a lot. Yeah, see how it stacks up for this year. I don't know if the episode will be shorter or longer. (laughs) You can listen to all those episodes on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Podcast, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. You can also find us on social media on Twitter at Butts in the Pod, at Instagram with the same handle. You can search Butts in the Seats Podcast on Facebook. And on any of those platforms, leave us a message, reply to a tweet. We do our best to get back to you. We love interacting with you guys. So yeah, we'll uh, you'll hear us next within the within next week and a half. And um yeah, we gotta, we gotta go. We gotta go pack. We gotta go pack. When you're listening to those those next upcoming episodes, just know that when we're recording them, I am behind the scenes yelling at Nick like, "We don't have time to be recording. We need to pack the apartment." I suffer for my art. <laughs> well, until then, thanks for listening to Butts and Seats Podcast. Bye. What's wrong with Sandy? Maybe it's just a squirrel thing. Wish I was back in Texas. The ocean's no place for a squirrel. Wish I was in Texas. Prettiest place in the world.
I miss my 20 acres, barbecues and pecan pies. Oh, why? When I'm so far from you, Texas, all I can do is cry.